0: Would you agree that capital is an important ingredient in your industry?
1: Absolutely. I think that's one of the bigger challenges for, for game developers to, to kind of understand how to uh, finance your first <laughs> 10 game ideas or, yeah. or game product.
0: Hi, and welcome to the Nordea podcast, Get Savvy! In this podcast, we meet experts within entrepreneurship, e-com, tech, and social impact. We want to learn what makes Nordic entrepreneurs successful and unique. Get Savvy will offer you the chance to access the know-how and the expertise of our guests to help you overcome specific challenges on your way forward. My name is John Kandel. Listen to Get Savvy. We love creative people, fun stories, and you... So today I want to welcome Tommy Palm who's been uh, active in the development of uh, Angry Birds and uh, Candy Crush Saga but also the man behind Resolution Games and a perfect guest to be able to talk about our uh, day topic of the day which is raising capital. Welcome to the studio Tommy. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the, the creative process around those games? I'm super curious and really happy to have you here to talk about that.
1: Uh, thank you very much. Well, I, just uh, to be clear, I had a small role in some of, of uh, some very successful games. Uh, in Candy Crush Saga, I was uh, involved in, in the... Uh, from the early days when I sold my, my, um, one of my companies that, that I started, The King... And with Angry Birds, we are now licensing in that IP and we released uh, a version of Angry Birds called Angry Birds, I Love Pigs for Virtual Reality. Um, so, yeah, I've been working with games for the past uh, 20 years or so uh, uh, professionally. And I started off as an as a enthusiast, hobby coder, and making games with uh, some of my close friends. One of them, uh, Martin Wilkans, is uh, now our CTO at uh, my current studio, Resolution Games. Uh, so we, we now worked uh, on games together on and off for 30, 30 plus years, which is a lot of fun. Um, so a big passion in, in game creation and, and uh, working with very creative teams.
0: And uh, would you see yourself as an entrepreneur?
1: Uh yeah, by this uh I I I think so. I've I've started five companies in the game space and I've been involved as uh investor and, and mentor to to a bunch of other uh, companies as well now. So I I definitely enjoy going from zero to to a much bigger company.
0: Yeah. And when you create a new game, how does that uh, start, that process?
1: Uh, it varies a lot between uh, between different games. Uh, most of the time uh, we we try to kind of fill a gap in, in the market, uh, either from, from pure enthusiasm that we feel that this is a game that we would like to play, or from a more business um, aspect uh, if we are not ourselves in the target audience for instance you can still see that there is like this type of game would really like to um, find its customers um, and sometimes it's very opportunistic where you meet uh, meets some other company and they have an IP and then they want to do something and and you or they don't have an IP, and, and you, so they still want to do something, and you, you come up with a uh, concept together. Yeah. So, so it, it's uh, it's a very varied process. But uh, for for my current company, Resolution Games, a lot of uh, a lot or all of the game is made in in house in the in the studio. So we uh, uh, we typically do a lot of prototypes and test test new game mechanics and then kind of build it up from there i think it's different from uh, from a book or a movie in the sense of that we, we're very game mechanic centric so so we we look very much at like what we talk about that's the core loop which is uh uh, if it was a shooter, for instance, we don't do a lot of shooters, but then it would be the the, the interaction with, with your gun that you're carrying. It's a very mm. common uh, concept in, in games. Uh, but if you're doing a cooking game, for instance, then it's about uh, uh, making sandwiches or, or uh, collaborating with other friends
0: yeah we, uh, we see you as a as a guy with some really creative ideas on games that have become extremely successful but i, I, I was just thinking do you do you have a feeling really pretty early on in the in the um, development of of a game if it's going to be a success or not
1: i'm i'm also a guy behind a lot of ideas that isn't successful <laughs> way more way more concepts that never turned out to anything good um and i think that's important to to emphasize that uh, most games are not runaway successes uh, and y- you never know, right? There's a lot of times you're you you feel very passionate about uh, this new concept mm. the, kind of the grass is always greener on the other side yeah so so it's very easy to get carried away about something untested. Yeah. Uh, now, as I'm getting older and been doing this for a while, uh, I, I enjoy more actually working with concepts that's to refine something that's already done. Then in the beginning, I really wanted to kind of make this new game that nobody ever seen before. Uh, whereas now, I, I think it's it's more fun to take something and make it better.
0: Are there any specific like hooks or anything in a game that you look for that you think when you see that, that oh yeah that 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 no one's going to really make it?
1: Yeah, we talk a lot uh, about some technical terms. Uh, um, and and uh, let me try to to phrase this in a, in a in a kind of hobbyist way. So so some games are just very addicting in its nature that you, you really want to come back to playing it, mm. and, and uh, that's a lot of what we're looking for. Is is this you really had fun when when you played and when you stopped? Kind of go. You wanna you wanna do it again. And you keep thinking about it. But do you uh, j-
0: sorry for interrupting you. But do you, do you sit there then and test it? And you like, yeah. Now I got really addicted. Yourself or how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, most most of the time when we are in the target audience for the game. Yeah. Then then that's pretty much what it looked like. Cool. Addiction is a is a, a very uh, strong word yeah. uh, and and has a lot of negative connotations as well. But. Uh, I mean, this is, this is an entertainment form that uh, you want people to really love uh, mm. the concept f- from, a, from a get-go, and, and uh, um, you want them to have positive feelings associated to, to their experience. Okay? Yeah, well, I
0: think we all kind of experience that kind of positive addiction, if you call it that. <laughs> I think yeah, we are, we know what you mean uh, there. Not being able to kind of stop playing once you've actually gotten into it, so...
1: Yeah, or, or even more importantly, that you kind of, uh, the next day or the next opportunity you have, you want to, you know, you have some spare time, you don't know what to do, you can mm. either start watching a uh, television series or... or uh, I don't have some time to kill, and then you want—we t- want you to think about our our game concept, of
0: course. But is it uh, now that you've developed many games uh, and seen it, um, and see it from kind of in hindsight? Could you see that you know these are the types of elements in a game that create that type of uh, uh, feeling? if We call it that.
1: Um, yeah, I mean there is uh, there is two two different things that, that we talk about. It's uh, one is called intrinsic motivators, uh, which is uh, things that is in the in the core loop of the game that just pulls you back. And then mm-hmm. there is things that you can do on top of that. Uh, simple things are that's easy to explain. it's like achievements, uh, reach this or very clear progression uh, and you beat level 55 you feel very accomplished you, you kind of you want to go back because of that um but i think the the, the core thing here is is this the, the loop of, of the game itself the, the, the yeah. mechanics yeah that's where and, and games is very difficult in the sense of it has to be something new it's a little bit like art or you know, it, it it's uh there has to be a new um, element of something people haven't seen before for people to get really excited about it Mm. Uh, and that's always difficult to make business out of
0: talking about new, I know that you're pretty big on virtual reality. I was curious to hear what you think about the future of gaming.
1: My current company uh, is focused solely on on, uh, virtual reality. We also dabble a little bit with augmented reality, which is something that's going to come even further out. And virtual reality hasn't really happened yet. It's it's still in a very, very early phase. And and the concept is, of course, that you... Uh, a headset on you and, and you uh, go into the game so you you're experience it like you are there yourself which is th- to me it was always the future back in the 80s when, when I started programming uh, we, we would dream about that uh, opportunity when you could be like engulfed in the, the virtual world and, and uh, uh, hang out with your friends virtually yeah. And now that's slowly starting to become a reality, so, so that's uh, that's really cool. There's a lot of um, technical difficulties with it, though, that makes it much more uh, complex than I would think <laughs> when I was a teenager and, and dreamt about this future. So um, we're still battling some of that kind of challenges, of course, Um one o- very obvious one is that very few people have the hardware right mm. now, and, and in some cases the hardware is pretty expensive. Uh, but we are seeing, you know, as new generation comes, it, it's getting way better and more uh, accessible, which is yeah. great.
0: So what's your vision about, now? you know, where are we five years from now?
1: In and even further future, I think we're virtual reality is something that everybody's gonna be doing in one way or another. Uh, maybe not five years away, maybe it's, it's still further further off. I think uh, eventually both augmented reality and virtual reality would handle of the, by the same kind of uh, same headset or uh, same components mm. and they they already now are. To a certain extent, the very much the same underlying technology, um, and um, that's that's something that I'm very excited about. I think there's a lot of great uh, business opportunities. That is um, very good for for humanity as a whole, not only within gaming, of course, um, but uh, but also within um, just meeting other people, uh, productivity. Uh, Collaborating on on the creative process together I think yeah, exactly, that could be amazing in, in virtual reality, and we're already doing that a lot inside our studio. That we we go into the game world, mm. and we, we talk about and, and build things inside, uh, which is really cool. Uh, kind of glimpse into what the future has to offer.
0: Mm. Thanks a lot, Tommy, for sharing uh, those things mm-hmm. on gaming with us. <coughs> So Tommy, you mentioned uh, that you uh, have had quite a few ideas of games that might not have really made it in the end, but uh, at, at the get-go you had some really high ambitions for them. Could you give us an example of, of, of a situation like that where you had a game that you really believed in and then, and then why didn't it make it?
1: Uh, yeah, the, the the list is long, as I said. But uh, one thing that comes to mind is is the, one of the first games we... I ever did professionally. Um, so it was back in the late 90s, early 2000. and we started uh, to put all our money into a soccer manager game or football manager game. Um, and uh, we knew very little of the, the kind of the professional um, aspects of making game. And, and we back then, we recently left school, the 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 um, gang that I was uh, working with. And um, we we spent a lot of effort building this massive uh, soccer manager world. Um, it's, it wasn't a total failure. It led to a lot of other projects. And then the game itself ran for almost 10 years. Um, and we managed to make, a lot of kind of business-to-business connections through it that led to other projects. Uh, but, I mean, we never got our money back from, right? I think in the beginning, we uh, we quickly invested 5 million Swedish crowns in, into salaries for people building it, and uh, uh, that was kind of very misdirected. I mean, it would've been so much simpler to make that game if i if i made it today mm. um, because uh, we we didn't really have a good sense of when w- what features to prioritize so it kind of grew and grew until we realized okay now we don't have any money so now we need to kind of release it <laughs> yeah uh, which is never a good approach but but yeah we learned a lot from from working um in that extremely chaotic way um so it's i think many times you learn more from your failures than you do from from successful things i know even with um uh uh, we mentioned that i was involved in in candy crush saga when when i worked at king and uh, we were talking in in the the very early days of of, uh, the conception of that game whether it would work or not, and, and I wasn't sure at all, even though I' tried it myself at that point. I've already made the game for um, for many, many years, and nothing had taken off the way this took off, of course, and we met some people who were very convinced that it it wasn't enough, and it would never work as a as a game and and i I wasn't convinced myself it was super fun to be a small part of that journey uh, to uh, part of of making a game that uh, turned into one of the most successful games in the the history of, of games.
0: You say um, thank you for sharing. That, that's really great to hear. Um, I'm thinking also that now, when you talk about it, the prioritization that you mentioned, and 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 also capital, I think that brings me to kind of the topic of the day. That you know the the importance of actually uh, having or or having enough to actually be able to to finalize what you started, basically, or to to deliver on your vision. Would you agree that capital is an important ingredient in your industry?
1: Absolutely. I think that's one of the bigger challenges for, for game developers to, to kind of understand how to uh, finance your first <laughs> 10 game ideas or yeah. or game products.
0: I mean, it's a very creative kind of um, industry, a very creative way of working where you might not really... I, as I understand from you, might not really uh, at at the get go have a full understanding of the entire kind of length of the process. Yeah,
1: I think it's very common that many games start without having a goal in end in mind. Really, it's it's um, started because there's a lot of people passionate about doing something, mm. and then they they start and eventually into that process they. they Start thinking about how we're gonna how we're gonna end this. Yeah, uh, yep. how we're gonna how we gonna finance it. Something that shows up eventually. Um, I myself started um, direct out of school, so um, one way of financing something is just to kind of hunker down and don't have a lot of expenses. Yeah, um, and and but eventually you kind of want to move out from your parents, obviously, and and uh, feed yourself. So yeah, uh, then you need to start think about how to um, turn this into a professional business.
0: I think this um, really brings us to the topic of the day of of raising capital. And actually one of our listeners has sent us a question, which is about this topic. And I'm just going to read it and see if uh, if you can answer it. I think it would be really interesting. And so the listener question goes... When it comes to preparing for a round of raising capital, how do you prepare?
1: Um, yeah, it's a, that's a very good question. It, it, it depends a little bit on uh, who you are and, and what what stage you are at. I mean, when you're straight out of school, uh, it's difficult to go directly to venture capital i think um, a more common r- route than is via an incubator or something like that these days um we didn't do that back uh, when, when i started but i knew very little of the business side i uh, i kind of i'm self-taught in on the business side of, of game development um but with uh, with my current company resolution games uh, we we went the the vc round so so uh, um, talking to to venture capitalists and, and uh, convincing them that it's a good idea to invest money in uh, in our company. Um, we didn't start out thinking we would do that. We we said we would just uh, have a smaller company and focus on games that we wanted to do ourselves. And then very quickly we got approached by some super smart people. Uh, that we felt we wanted on board. And that, I think, is a very... uh, If you are in that fortunate position that you can choose, uh, then that's the the best way of going about it and Mm. kind of seeing uh, it as a recruitment process and making sure you get um, people behind you who you really want to be involved in your startup. And uh, an investor is somebody who you... Typically, have to have some interaction with they. they need to sa- sign papers every now and then, so it's great if you have um, it's somebody you want to talk to, mm. and and that they are responsive and things like this. Um, so, my my advice to to um, startups in in uh, in a phase where they are ready to seek external capital and not just from uh, family in France is to. To have a rather short period to be well prepared and and kind of have a, a small opening uh, where you actually say that okay, this is uh, the amount of money we're looking for uh, we're looking for three um, investors. It's always good to not just be dependent by one mm. um, so so if you can have multiple, Uh, In the same round, I think that's uh, something that could actually be very uh, beneficial. Mm. It can also help out with contacts uh, for for following around. I also think it's good to not think about the the round you're racing as the last round, uh, which feels to me that's rather common that people haven't raised capital before and they think that if I only get, you know, a huge amount of money into uh, the bank then i'm safe and i'm good to go mm. um, but I, I really think that uh, there is a, a good point with this uh, seed a b round yeah. kind of system where you you set up to have a run rate for 18 month or, or two years and then be in a presentable stage again mm. it's never good it's never bad to have uh, to be in a state where you can convince people that your business is going to boom. Yeah, mm. uh, so I think uh, it's actually a pretty healthy ecosystem if you approach it in the correct way.
0: Yeah, and if you are to then uh, you know meet with VCs, like you say, if we take that example, uh, you know it's it's a pretty rigorous analysis of of your business of course i mean how would you how would you do how would you prepare for those type of questions that you would get and what type of you know preparations are are they also expecting you to to be doing before such a a meeting
1: yeah i think i think the it's the the process is pretty similar every time and and the investors are typically interested in making money um, so uh, it's very healthy to approach it with that in mind. Uh, as we covered, I come from the game industry, and it's very common that people would pitch their game idea, mm. which a typical investor has no clue whether a game idea would work or not, and even me as a game designer, have I, I don't know until i seen it. I've seen testing in, in the market. Um, so... I think just listening to other people pitch and and kind of retrospective, looking at it, are you convinced? Is that a, a pitch that makes you feel that this is going to be huge? Mm. Uh, and then put yourself in, in, in that situation with whatever it is that you're building. Um, I think it's also smart to kind of As these new trends come by, uh, like uh, AI right now is a hot topic, Uh, we know that AI is going to change a bunch of different things. And um, being in a situation where you would leverage that change is is something that is typically a good thing. Mm. And we know that a lot of investors put money on... To f- invest in a certain area, yeah. so you need to kind of hit that area. Exactly. Uh, that's both good and bad, I guess. Like I think there's a lot of ideas that are great. That's just not s- in a in a state where it's easy to find investments.
0: Mm. Did you Did you listen to others pitching uh, before you did it the first time?
1: Uh, yes, I've. Uh, <laughs> Both involuntarily yeah. and then uh, so yeah. uh, a lot of people pitch their there, especially game ideas to how uh, me and
0: uh, So you listen to others the, pitching to you and then you kind of yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I've also watched a little bit of like uh, Dragon's Nest or Dragon's Down or yeah. whatever it's called as sort And I think they're <clears throat> in, in many ways very similar to it's a very similar process. Yeah. And and uh, in short, it's it's telling a, a story in a convincing way, and and getting people to feel like okay, th- they don't want to miss out on this opportunity too, to be a part of this.
0: Mm. So if you were to kind of t- give us uh, give the listener here kind of three uh, specific uh, tips on you know do's and don'ts, uh, what would they be?
1: Uh, well, I think that. Uh, one thing you should do is you should uh, try to have a lot of meetings Uh, when it comes to pitching your day I think it's very clear that the first time you do it you kind of want to learn from from what you did Uh, so maybe not take the the your best meetings in the beginning but S- That's a good one. A little yeah. Bit late, uh, to, to later. first. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. a kind of few practice rounds when when you don't when not everything is on the line, mm. um, and uh, don't get discouraged by by failure. I mean, you will meet some people uh, who are not gonna believe in you, mm. uh, and when you get that feedback think about it as, as very useful feedback rather than trying to defend what it is you were saying just, just listen and, and kind of reflect on how you need to set it up differently mm. um, uh, we did our first round partially in the US uh, which I think was very interesting for me I've never I've, I've seen Silicon Valley and shows like this and uh it's funny how much it works like
0: that, like you said. Really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show, and, <laughs>
1: and I think it's actually very useful as, as a, if you want to go the, the VC route with your yeah. company. Um, we had uh, people suggesting they meet us on the airport, so they would be the first uh, to to uh, to hear us when when we came uh-huh. and, yeah, I think we set up forty eight. Yeah, uh, investor meetings for a two-week period. So wow. it was very, very intense, but also very good. Uh,
0: a lot of practice. Yeah,
1: wow. yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. And so the third uh, kind of out here for the for the listeners that uh, to be kind of uh, doing a lot of practicing then, or is that that was that was the first? So, so did you have? Yeah, a third?
1: I, I think my third one is uh, like perseverance. Do you if you? You know, you need to stay in there for a long time. That's um, that's what I have done. Yeah, it's it's hard because you also need to know when when it's time to give give up and then kill your darlings and go on to the next mm. idea or, or pivot to something else. Um, but. A lot of time, you know, reading a paper and it looks like things are so easy for everyone else. Uh, It isn't, of course. It's survivor-biased.
0: Thanks a lot for helping uh, our listener. So, uh, Tommy, Resolution Games has raised capital in a couple of different rounds. Uh, How would you say that that has impacted your growth journey?
1: Um so we raised 13.5 million dollars if i remember correctly in uh, in two external rounds uh, we we put in some of our own capital as well um which means that we have a lot of money in the bank uh maybe more than most investors would be comfortable with um uh, but um i feel for us that's been really good and the reason why we have so much money in the bank is that uh, we had more revenues than we projected so the b round that we raised last uh, we haven't used that money yet and and, uh, maybe we never will but it still it gives uh, the whole organization a lot of confidence that Mm. uh, if we would need to um really run faster or market something harder we we could uh very easily do that yeah um uh, games is a kind of a specific business here um so so it depends depends uh very much on what business you're in um i i recommend not using money for as fuel but as as kind of uh more to accelerate. It's important that you not get hooked on 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 needing to race around, mm. uh, but uh, that's also easier said than done. Yeah, of to and be self
0: sufficient, basically on on the cash flow.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's that's a goal that you should yeah. keep in mind. Um,
0: but it, would you say that? Uh, I mean, uh, has has um has raising capital impacted your ability to scale uh, quickly? Or
1: absolutely, um, it also helped a lot. Uh, from raising from raising rather large amount of capital, uh, you automatically get uh, press attention to your company, mm-hmm. uh, which in its turn leads to uh, More people knowing what you're doing uh, leads to it's easier to recruit people and easier to uh, make deals happen. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, especially if you get some of the best investors behind you
0: and talking about that i mean the 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 term uh, smart capital is something that has come up a few times in this podcast also mm-hmm. uh how would you how would you kind of um, what's your take on that how have you been kind of thinking when it comes to bringing in competencies and and so forth
1: yeah i've definitely uh as i have the fortune of of uh had some personal success before so I, I you know i could fund the company uh from my own pocket if i wanted to uh it's been uh, a situation where i could be very picky on on who i brought in mm. uh and that's been great yeah. w- which meant that i got people who knew the business quite well and people i really liked to work with uh so uh we have one guy uh, in our board, uh, Daniel uh, Blumquist, the Swedish guy, works for Creandum, and he's been in a lot of uh, gaming companies, so he really knows his thing. Uh, we have a lot of good personal chemistry as well, so it's been. We don't talk that much, uh, but uh, every now and then when I pick up the phone, he is a great. Uh, um Wall to bounce ideas off. Mm. <laughs> well,
0: do, do you think you, do you have like a specific <laughs> strategy then, or or an idea of, of how you want to work with with investors like that? Uh, that you could maybe apply in other industries or for others who listen. I mean, do you, uh, could you say that? Is there a, a way of thinking here? On...
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, I I, um, I met with uh, the founder of Supercell, uh, Ilkka Paninen, uh, early on, and I asked him what his advice would be. Uh, how to think about investors, and he said, uh, "Look at this as any uh, hiring situation. Make sure that it's a person who you want to have uh, mm. um, on board." And I think that was very, very useful advice. And that's our, our approach. It also helps to be, uh, you know, to, to, to turn the roles a little bit. Definitely know, to get them to try to pitch themselves towards you rather yeah. than you pitching. Uh,
0: you actually see that happening in Shark Tank quite a few times when you kind of when there are multiple investors fighting for the same. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I, I can, yeah. I can imagine.
0: Back to the shows uh, you referred to mm-hmm. earlier. On. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talking about bringing in capital, um, what is your experience from different types of equity investors, like business angels or VCs or families?
1: I have some experience with with, uh, um, all the different ones I think Um, I really like an investor who is kind of pure purpose of making money because it it makes it way easier there is uh, in the games industry there is plenty of strategic investors Um, so uh, for instance you have a big uh, games company or a publisher who will invest in your company for the sake of keeping an eye out on, on a smaller business that is up and coming like virtual reality field for instance mm. but then you get an investor who might be interested in acquiring your company and might not be super interested in you growing to any size uh, by definition they want to acquire you before you become super successful yeah. so I really like that uh, kind of financial investor mm. uh, that um, is Pure with their intentions and their intention is making money mm. um, you also have a lot of great angels uh, who, who kind of maybe do it from from a combination of like personal reasons they they made money uh, by being helped by other uh, mentors and and they now take that role themselves so they they put some of their money uh, a side to help other startup bloom and, and 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 create that situation that they that they themselves came from and that that's also a, a great um, investor to get behind uh, you um, especially if they have a lot of money so they mm. can join multiple rounds and and they still if they have a interest in in being a part of the, of the journey that's great mm. Um there's also a lot of people who have much money and and kind of become a little bit tired and and don't want to help out as much anymore and and it's too busy to to really care about.
0: I'm I'm curious, you've been talking to investors, I mean, both here in Europe but also in in the US, like you mentioned. Would you say that there are any any differences between a typical VC and like Silicon Valley or Stockholm?
1: Yeah, I think that's a very good question. Yeah, I do. I I think that Silicon Valley has a very, very healthy, super competitive market, where they need to be on their absolute best in order to to compete. Where it's a little bit more like out in the countryside here, that it's uh, slower, not as many deals, not as much money, the valuations are lower. Uh, So, I, I, I do think that some of the Best uh, firms in the world is in the U.S. We're, we're fortunate; we have a few few good ones here in, in Europe as well. Um, but I, it really helps to have both to be able to go to the U.S. and and get a few investors from from Silicon Valley, especially. Sandhill Road is, is a crazy uh, street with with uh, most of the the big firms on, on just one long stretch mm. of road. Yeah, uh, so I definitely would recommend anyone in the industry to, to do some meetings there and then, and see uh, how it is when it's extremely extremely competitive.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you if you then uh, succeed like like you have with that, I mean, is there any kind of difference in how you would uh, act when you receive currency like from from another? another country i mean another market compared to
1: yeah that's to, also a very good question yeah. so so yes there is big differences in uh, between different regions i mean the, the we're in a situation where globalization is happening you can be a small team here create a product and, and it's used over the world but law is still extremely local right yeah we uh, we're in sweden now we have probably rather okay knowledge about Swedish law. As soon as you go to one of our neighboring countries, you have no clue. Does Mm. it work the same? Maybe? Probably? Uh, And this is something that creates a lot of insecurity for an investor. To invest in a country that's not your own country, then you might uh, lose on some technicality that is true in that country. So you need... Local law representation. Mm. So it's way harder for an American investor to invest in Sweden. Um, they might, for instance, say, "Oh, you need to use this mm. uh, contract for your employees." And as a Swede, you know that you some part of that contract isn't valid in, in Swedish law. No, uh, and you might even tell them, but they will Go like, well, this is the contract everybody's using, so please use this. Yeah. Um, so, so you have a lot of issues with dealing with uh, with legal systems mm. that makes this uh, a bigger thing to to kind of go international with with it. But yeah. if you succeed, if you can take that step up, it is really worth the, the effort, and and of course, it it requires some some trust, yeah. And I, I think, um Often, most, most of the time, that trust is is, uh,
0: is very helpful So is that the, the way you would solve it? By, by kind of just securing that you trust each other to kind of bridge those differences? Or, I mean, I mean, yeah, it I sounds, think, yeah, sounds pretty difficult to with, with, with when it comes to those legal matters. Yeah, to yeah it
1: is. I mean, uh, in many time, a big VC firm would have a, a local uh, mm. law representing them. But still, they're going to have to make a lot of small decisions here and there where they might not be able to to check with legal so i think in any business relationship trust is very important ingredients yeah yeah. uh, if you can't trust your somebody you work a lot with then there's some some critical error there in the beginning
0: So Tommy, we've got uh, our very dear friend at Nordia Markets, uh, Christoph, who wants to who wants to really wants to know what kind of uh, financial uh, solutions you're looking for when you're raising capital. Uh, is it? I mean, different types like leasing, working capital, etc. Have you done that? Have you been thinking about other ways of?
1: Yeah, uh uh, I don't have that much experience with uh, with. Raising capital other than than VC capital and and some kind of private um, like loaning on on my uh, properties has been a, a way that I've have, uh, managed my my smaller startups uh, in the beginning, which is a, I think it's a great way of financing uh, uh, your startup if you mm. if you have some room in 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 your uh, in your house, uh, for instance, or your apartment. Yeah. It's a very cheap loan you can get. Um, risky, of course, but I mean, this is. You risky. do what you have to do, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But I'm. Uh, I don't have. I'm, I have a background as a computer scientist, so I'm not super well versed in in uh, different type of uh, financing. And uh, I know. I remember clearly when when in my first company we tried to get. a uh, uh credit from the bank on mm. like two hundred thousand and there was no way they would uh give it to us because we were too too new. But I think at that time we still we have been around for like eight years or something. Mm. Um but I I think uh right now uh my my company Resolution Games has a very good uh working relationship with Nodia So I'm, I'm sure there will be some room to, to lend money if we if we needed to. Uh, and it's uh, actually... I can touch a little bit on that if, you, if you're interested. It's been very, very good. Um, I use nodia privately as a bank and, and Nordea has helped out uh, as a company bank for that reason that I had good contacts and been super all the way. It's like a really... Uh, keen on, on listening in to what type of business we are and what we need help with. And I asked uh, if they could help out with with um, being the bank for the people we bring into the country. And they've also been really, really good at at uh, taking meetings and knowing it's not the same person doing all these things, but they've at least like the information has been transferred in, mm. in a great way. Yeah. So uh, that's something I kind of has been hoping for with other banks that I had before that they would kind of trust that this is gonna go well, mm. uh, but um, but from from our point, we really found that that money that has been extremely helpful. Yeah, and it goes all the way back to like uh, loans on uh, their apartments and stuff like this yeah. as well.
0: And seeing it, seeing kind of the, the, the totality of both kind of the individual and the, the the corporation, I think, is super important. Yeah. And, of course, we're really happy to hear that you are having a good experience. Yeah. no and Thanks that's for sharing.
1: One of the reasons why I'm, I'm happy to, to participate in this podcast is that I've actually been very impressed with the, the personal service I've got. <laughs> So one of the questions you asked me was uh, how to how to go about and find uh, different investors and get the meeting with investors. And uh, one thing that I've found is that investors are often very uh, nice when it comes to recommending others. So they would they will have a network. They, it's a very small kind of the investor community. It's not very large. So don't make any huge mistake where you can uh, tell a lie and what's right. <laughs> telling a lie. Uh, but if they like you, they'll be helpful and in introduce you to other investors. Yeah, And that happens all the time. So once you manage to get a few starting series meetings, they'll probably help you out with mm. telling you who who you should talk to. Yeah. And somebody who might be interested in your field or like uh, done other investments in that type of um, tech before and, and uh, could be helpful from that uh, which can go into kind of crazy loop of you meeting somebody and they recognize, oh, you should meet this guy, and then it continues and continues and continues. And that's also why I I mentioned before, it's helpful to have a certain time set aside to this and try to keep that gap where you're doing fundraising to uh, as a short process as possible, because you might end up in this very, very long, drawn-out thing where... Where you're not getting your your goals through and then no, keep on. you're not able to close it. Is exactly. that it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah, that
0: could become a problem. I could easily see. Yeah. Is that also what happened? Yeah, I was just uh, reflecting back what you said and when you went to the US and you had what's it, forty eight uh, meetings. Meetings. Is that how do you get forty eight meetings?
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, that was through a, a good friend who was an uh, investor in in Resolution. Yeah. Who. Uh, he has a lot of really cool uh, entrepreneur friends in the U.S. Yeah. So he managed to get us a lot of top-end top meetings from, wow. from the beginning. So that was, that was great. So met a lot of kind of famous people that you have heard about and, and look up to. So that's uh, cool. that's very nice. And, and, of course, yeah, we got recommended to do a lot of other meetings, and some of them were really not good. So mm. you need to um, be prepared to take a lot of... Um, not so good meetings as well but you can always see it as practice nothing else
0: and about that meeting famous people we think you're a rock star Tommy so we're really happy to have had you here today uh, to share and to let others know how you've uh, experienced raising capital.
1: I have a, a, a few suggestions of some other rock stars that you should that you should interview that I could really recommend. Uh, one of them is, is uh, Alexander Yawal. Uh, who uh, started uh, fabrication games together with me uh, eleven years ago and and he's f- he started a company called snowprint um, and he has a he has an other background and another uh, journey than I have so I, w- I would love to listen to to him being interviewed
0: if you wonderful at time definitely we will uh, we will give him a call and, mm. and, and tell him you told us to <laughs>
1: cool. another advice I have is, is uh, Paul Bragel he is an American who who has a lot of uh, famous friends and he has a lot of really interesting stories he was uh, um, for nine months in uh, northern Finland trying to uh, compete in the Olympics in Sochi, um, among other things. Uh, he he uh, was in the family and friends round of Uber, so he's been a very successful uh, investor. He's also an entrepreneur, started multiple companies as well. Uh, he comes and visits uh, me in, in Sweden every now and then, so I'll be happy to introduce you. He, he, uh, he likes to talk, um, so he, he'll probably...
0: He sounds like a, like, a, like a perfect guest for our podcast. Yeah, I yeah, uh, would hope so. Thanks a lot for coming and uh, visiting our podcast.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for listening to Get Savvy. We hope that this episode will help you take your business to the next level. Don't forget to subscribe and please let us know what you think are relevant topics so that you can get savvy. Thank you. Mm.